Good morning and welcome everyone. Welcome to Pacoima First United Methodist Church. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. It's going to be hot today and tomorrow, so be careful out there. Welcome everyone this morning. Welcome to you worshiping with us online. My name is Luis Garcia, pastor at this congregation, welcome, welcoming you in the name of the Lord. It is a blessing to be here or there today, worshiping the Lord together after a break we got because of the storm. And today we can come back and praise the Lord. Amen. And so as we begin this time of praise and worship let us worship the lord with all our heart our mind our strength so i invite you to stand as you are able and let's worship the lord with the cars blessings to you blessings to all praise the lord everybody isn't it a blessing to be in the house of the lord one Amen. more time
please bow your heads for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for another opportunity to come into your house and worship you and just say thank you for all that you've done for us, keeping us safe this week, providing food and clothing for each and every one of our households, Father, protecting our loved ones and taking us to and from every place that we go safely, Father. We just thank you that we made it here because not everybody woke up this morning, Father. So we just say thank you, Lord. We bless you. We ask you to bless this service. Bless our pastor. He's bring forth the word, Father. And let us be not hearers of the word, but doers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's just love on the Lord this morning. There is none like you. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none. There is none. Oh, that's the whole song. There is none like you. There is none like you. Come on, think about that situation you have been in. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity, Lord. And find there is none, nobody like you, Lord. There is none, there is none like you. Come on, let's just lift our voices to the Lord. There is none, there is none like you. No one else could touch my heart, Lord. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search, I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none, there is none, there is none, there is for being God. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could 
search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none, there is none, there is none like you. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise this morning. church and we bless our Lord amen amen before the Bible reading I would like to remind you there is a little survey um, out there uh, and it will also be sent uh, via email about the weekly Bible study about uh, Sunday school um, it will be very helpful for us to get your opinion uh, in order to plan this fall season of Bible studies also there was there's a letter there are copies of a letter that uh, you might receive that this week uh, if not you can take a copy especially for people in our list that are there that they need to know about the church as well now an invitation for you, for everyone, uh, for everyone there too. Uh, next Sunday, next Sunday, you are invited to an office open house. That office, open house, 10.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., I know, I know, it's early, yeah. But anyway, uh, we will have coffee and donuts. Hey, yeah, come on. A very simple way to thank you for your support. Uh, support of trustees and also to have a time of fellowship before worship right so next Sunday 10 30 a.m. I hope I'll see you there now last but uh, certainly not least I would like to take a moment and have a moment of prayer yesterday in Jacksonville Florida there was another shooting and this time, like in, in other cases, it was racially motivated. So in the middle of frustration and, and fear, praying seems to be a good thing to do. So please join me in prayer. Dear God, you love, you love and care for our land for our communities and our families. There are so many things that go wrong as people have been indoctrinated in false teachings that diminish the value of people who are different than them. It is so sad. And despite the frustration for the lack of action from lawmakers, today we pray Today we pray for peace in our land, peace in our communities. We keep praying for the leaders who are in a position to do something about these kinds of problems. Despite the fact that evil is real and groups of people promote this kind of behavior towards other human beings, we pray for a change of hearts and minds. We pray for the enemies of your kingdom of peace. 
We especially pray for those who claim to know you, but with their actions and decisions promote an environment of discrimination of superiority. Change their hearts. We pray for the community in Jacksonville and any community and family that fears for their safety because of actions like this one. We pray for the families of the people that lost their lives yesterday. We pray for hope and consolation. May your mantle of love and care cover the families and the community of Jacksonville. We pray for peace. We pray for justice in our communities here in Southern California and everywhere. We pray all this in the name of your son Jesus and your children say together, amen, amen and amen and amen. At this time, we will have our Bible reading that today comes from the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. Acts, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the Word of God. Thank you. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judah heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the Word of God. So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, what, why do you go to the uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean, you may, must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Syria arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told them to go with, told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon the, us in the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silent, and they praised God, saying, Then God has given even the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Even the Gentiles. Will you pray with me? Oh, go ahead. You may be seated.
When you've done all you can now Seems like it's never enough What do you say When your friends turn away You're all alone, all alone Tell me what do you give When you've given your all Tell me how do you deal with the shame Well you just stand When there's nothing left to do You just stand Watch the Lord see you through Yes, after you've done all you can After you've done all you can After you've done all you can You just stand Amen would you pray with me? May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen and amen. Welcome, everyone. Welcome uh, to worship. We continue this Sunday moving through the book of Acts, although we're going back this, this, this week. As I have mentioned, reading the book of Acts is the best starting place when we try to find wisdom on how to start a ministry. And I would say any kind of ministry in the church, but especially, especially a ministry that is trying to reach people for Christ. A ministry whose goal is to make disciples for Christ. And although we can see in the book of Acts that, that the young church was doing a good job in that regard, bringing uh, people, new people uh, to the church. I don't know if they have open houses or anything, but they were doing a good job bringing people God was still working in the life of the fellow believers, and that included the leadership of the church. That included especially the leader of the church, which was Peter. And yes, in the same way that God is still working in each one of us. Can I have an amen on that? God is still working in each one of us. God was working in Peter. Even though he was the leader of the young church, Peter still needed a lot of polishing as, good, as God's servant and leader of the church. But who can blame Peter? If we think about it, especially in the first days after resurrection, you know, the disciples couldn't understand what was going on. All right. Even after Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, some of the disciples, like Peter, needed to be taught a special lesson in order to understand the extent of this new message that Jesus called the gospel. Well, that is the same way with most of us, isn't it? <laughs> there are things in any order of life 
there are things that we don't understand completely. We don't understand why certain things happen, but at some point, the understanding will come. I remember my mother uh, when she denied a request from any of her children to go uh, to some place late at night. She would say things like, no, when you grow up, you will understand. And she was right. It was after we had our own kids that I understood what my mother meant. Are you with me on this? Yes. Young people, are you with me on this? Yes. All right. Well, in today's reading from Acts uh, chapter 11, we see Peter, again, the leader of the newborn church, and the whole church learning a very, very important lesson. It, it is maybe a few months or even a year after the resurrection of Jesus, and Peter still needs help to understand a very critical issue in the growth of the church. So let's go in parts here. We can see here in Acts 11 how the leadership of the church in Jerusalem, right, the leadership of the church is asking Peter, the leader, right, for an explanation about a particular situation. Even as you uh, heard it, they were criticizing uh, Peter and asking Peter to explain why he needed to go into the house of Gentiles. Gentiles. Remember, at that time, for the Jewish people, it was the Jewish people, the people of God, and the rest, the Gentiles. The rest of us, Gentiles. It is also important to remember that Jesus taught love for everyone. Love for our neighbor. Jesus taught and modeled mercy to everyone. Especially for the poor, the marginalized. But also for the Gentiles. Samaritans. Foreigners. It is all over Jesus' teachings. And yet there was still a feeling uh, among the new believers that the message of the gospel was kind of, um, they thought that the message of the gospel was just for them, just for the Jewish people. Since most of the first Christians believers uh, were Jewish, probably you are aware of that, right? A lot of the Jewish way to understand religion was being passed onto the new young church. We can say we can say the new converts from the Jewish faith were carrying old baggage from the past. Old baggage from the past. I. Uh, I don't know what was your story, but when you came definitely to follow Christ, it is my experience. I did carry all baggage from the past. So these, uh, these Jewish new believers brought all baggage, including a lot of Jewish ways that included stereotypes about non-Jewish people. That was quite bad and dangerous for the growth of the church 
And as a matter of fact, the church dealt with this for many, many years. But this was the first lesson. And so as the leadership of the young church asked for an explanation and even criticizing Peter, Peter starts explaining how God expanded his vision. So verse 4, chapter 11, book of Acts, you can have it there in your Bibles. I read, starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa uh, praying, and in trance I saw a vision. And again, prayer and vision. How about that? Eh? I saw something like a large blanket being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it. I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, Peter is praying, and he has a vision, a special message from God that starts to helping him understand in a very unique way the extent of the gospel message. Well, first it's important to notice that this is your Sunday school part of the sermon, all right? This is important to notice that the whole story from the time Peter was praying and had vision until the moment when he was in front of the leadership of uh, leadership in Jerusalem, it takes two, almost two whole chapters in the book of Acts, two chapters in the Bible. Imagine then the important of, of importance of this single event in the life of the church that took almost two chapters of the Bible. How important was this event for the church? Very important. Somebody say, very important. Very important. And it was not only important, but it was a turning point a turning point in the life of the new church. A turning point because somehow the young church that we see in Acts chapter 11 still does not understand that when Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, he meant all nations. So how important was this message for the church? Very important. But it was also important because instead of the Christian faith becoming, let's, let's call it a subproduct or a branch of the Jewish religion based on the law with all its rules and regulations, although there's a theological discussion on that, but I'm not getting into that. But instead of becoming a kind of subproduct or a branch of the Jewish religion, the Christian faith grew based on the message that Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth to die for you, for me, and for everyone. Amen. Amen. The Christian faith grew and is based on the law of love. Yes. The law of love. 
for God so loved the world. How important was this event for the church? important very important and God has this way of letting us know the direction to take when it is important to change directions how many times have we tried to go in a certain direction in our life or, or in, in a ministry in the church and God says wait a minute wait a minute don't go there and as we listen to the voice of God, we discover that, you know, he was right. He was, have you been there? Yeah. In the case of Peter, the leader of the pack, uh, I don't know if you remember, the stubborn Peter, a know-it-all kind of person, Peter. Peter received a special vision to open his eyes to the fact that the gospel is for everyone. Now, as I said, this event in the life of the church is so important that the whole story of, the vision, of, of this vision is repeated three times. And in every time, he said, and three times, this blanket with everything came down three times. So three is all over the place there, right? And let me tell you one thing and make a note of this. When you find a story or a teaching repeated three times in the Bible, you better put attention on it. You better put atten pay attention to it. God is trying to tell us something and we better pay attention to it. Uh, my son, I might sound like President Biden, but... My grandmother used to say, I'm going to say this to you only twice. <laughs> Don't make me tell you three times. Well, we never dared to go there. You know. But three times, important. Well, this story is repeated three times. Peter was so strong in his Jewish convictions that when the vision he hears, when in the vision he hears kill and eat, Peter responds, responds by saying, but I am a good Jew, so, so I won't eat anything impure or unclean. And to this God says, do not call impure what God has made clean. Do not call impure what God made clean. You know, I really feel for poor Peter with his strong Jewish convictions. But I also admire Peter for his strong conviction that he needed to preach the gospel. Now, he receives a vision from God telling him something that he does not understand completely. And then, on top of that, the leaders of the church in Jerusalem start asking him for an explanation. It is complicated for Peter. So before it gets complicated for us, let me tell you a story. All right? Once I was in Redlands, California for the annual conference, and over there, there is a place that sells burritos. <laughs> that is uh, the only thing they sell over there is called El Burrito. I don't know if it's still there, but anyway. 
a very appropriate name, yeah, very, very creative people. Yeah. But they have almost every kind of burrito you can imagine, except my favorite, which is the shrimp burrito. So I went up to the window, a small window, right, and asked, uh, do you have shrimp burritos? After I said this, somebody in the back of the kitchen yelled, the Bible says. Uh, and you know, I, I, was, I was looking through this little window, right, trying to see who was talking and, and, and inside and, and what, what she meant with that. So it was like in the movies when, when, when you see the people moving to the sides, right, and then you kind of advance. Uh, and then at the end of the kitchen, uh, the back of the kitchen, I saw this, this person, a little nice old lady with a knife in her hand, like like holding a Bible, holding the Bible in the right way, okay? Holding a, a knife, a, a, and it just says, the Bible says that you should not eat what is unclean. So, well, yes, in fact, it's in the Bible. Peter knew that, right? <laughs> so at that point, very, very fast, it went through my mind. First, I could discuss the issue with this nice elderly lady, but out of respect, was part of the culture, right? Out of respect, I won't argue the point with her in front of probably her family, right? Second, long time ago, I stopped de debating with other denominations or religions doctrinal issues, especially in restaurants, right? And third, <laughs> And third, and probably more, more, more important, I definitely won't argue with anyone who has a knife in their hand, you know, just for, for the record, yeah. So with as much respect as I could, I said to this nice lady as fast as I could, well, in Acts chapter 10 and 11, God says, do not call unclean what I have made clean. So as soon as I said this, I walked to my car and, and went uh, away. Uh, but, but I hope this story helps us to understand that even today we have issues understanding Peter's vision and its practical application. But, but you know, more than uh, what you eat or not, or, or to explain why we can eat bacon and eggs, these verses in Acts 11 are a turning point in the life of the Christian church. This vision uh, was not only for Peter, but for the whole church back then, and for many of us today. There was this whole idea in the young church that they needed to follow the law. But the real issue and danger was they kept the wrong ideas and stereotypes that the Jewish people had created about people outside the Jewish community. And you know very well, and I do too, it is not fun living under the shadow of stereotypes or labels. Amen? Amen? We know the effects of that kind of attitude of self-righteousness, of self-pride. Yesterday, we witnessed how far and wrong 
this kind of attitude can go. My ways, what I do, what I think, what I am, is better than what you guys do. That is wrong. Self-righteousness, thinking that we are better than anyone else for no reason at all, that was not Jesus' way. And so it should not be the church's way. Amen. Amen. That was very dangerous for the young church, especially as they, as, as they were starting uh, to grow. Especially because the gospel was and it still is for all people. Amen. For all people. But God is patient. God understands that it takes time for his church to understand. And so God is teaching Peter and the young church and the church today. And it is beautiful uh, to see how the Holy Spirit works in Peter, who, by the way, he was hungry. <laughs> and through this vision, instead of, of, of thinking, well, should I eat shrimp tacos or what? But, but no, he right away understands the implication of this vision. Don't call impure what God has made clean. As Peter is telling the story about his vision to the leadership in Jerusalem, he tells God, it was God that sent me to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius was not only a Gentile, but he was a Roman, an enemy of the Jewish people. He was not only a Roman, but he was a soldier. He was not only a soldier, but he was a centurion. He was the boss in that area, an enemy of the Jewish people. And still, after the vision, Peter knew in his heart that he needed to go to that house, Cornelius' house, and preach the gospel uh, 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 to the, this household. And we, we saw the end of this story. People accepted Christ. People accepted the gospel. Because the gospel is for all. Salvation is for all without strings attached. Just mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. That was a turning point for the church. What is called a change of paradigm in the church. A change of the reality. How they understood not only the gospel, but the mission of the church. That was quite a vision. That was quite a lesson. Because the message of the gospel, the message of salvation... The message of everlasting life, it is for everyone. Because in the eyes of God, there is no Jew or Gentile, free or slave, male or female, said Apostle Paul in Galatians 3.28. The vision of the church was not only for Peter, but for the whole church. The whole church back then and the whole church today. Amen. 
While we as Christian churches in the world are still divided into thousands of denominations and doctrines, the doctrine, the teaching that comes from God brings salvation, reconnection with God, regeneration in God, and it most certainly should bring peace and justice for all because that's the promise. That's the promise of the shalom for everyone. In some sense, denominations and doctrines were created and developed by, by humans. And I always say, there are churches for any kind of people and, and people for any kind of church. But thanks be to God that we have that word that brings back the message. The gospel is for all. Thanks be to God that we have that word. Thanks be to God that he is working through his church and with his church. How important was this event for the church? Very important. So we better listen to God and follow the vision that God has put in our hearts. What are you going to do about it? What do you give when you've given your all? It seems like you can't make it through. Child, you just stand. When there's nothing left to do, you just stand. Watch the Lord see you through. Yes, after you've done all you can After you've done all you can After you've done all you can Oh, after you've done all you can Oh, after
you just stand. Man, amen, 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 amen. Ah, praise the Lord. I think I mentioned this to you. God is always raising the bar on us. He also gives us breaks, all right? But just to be ready for what is next. So as we translate these teachings uh, to present times, I'm especially concerned about the danger of self-righteousness in the Christian church, and I mean the Christian church everywhere. After all, we are uh, humans, and, and we are all inclined to sin. Unfortunately, and although it has been there for a while we have seen an explosion of religious self-righteousness in the political life of our society in recent years. And, and yesterday we saw yet again an example of the consequence of that extreme behavior. So let us pray for the church, the church everywhere. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here, right? But we have seen the damaging testimony for the church in general when some Christian people align themselves to policies and actions that do not bring justice, that do not bring mercy, actions that even deny a little bit of kindness to other people because of their origin, because their social, socioeconomic status, because ethnicity, gender, or color. Self-righteousness is a danger that is always present in the church. But there is nothing impossible for God. There's nothing impossible for God. So let's keep praying because in the same way, in the same way that God was counting on Peter at that young church, God is counting on us in his church everywhere to share a message of salvation a message of peace, a message of justice. Would you pray with me? Teach our hearts to love, O oh God, as you would have us love. Teach our eyes to see, Holy One, as you would have us see. For we are constantly drawing distinctions that separate others into friends and foes, insiders and outsiders. But we long to love without prejudice and accept differences without judgment. Within this world of pain, Grant us the vision to see the new heaven and new earth that is available to us when we live as your holy people. Help us, O oh God. Help us become the body of Christ in our community. Make your home among us, we pray, that your people, that your people might be made one and whole. In his name we pray. And your children say together, Amen, Amen, and Amen. At this point in service, uh, part of our worship is through our 
Sunday offering. Uh, remember that God loves the cheerful giver. So I want to see a smile there. This uh, one is the way we participate in the mission of God. Let us receive um, the offering today for you worshiping online. You'll see on your screen at, uh, the ways you can support your congregation, your church, and its ministry. So let us dedicate this offering to the Lord. Oh, still going on. Amen. Let us pray. God of mystery, you promise us a life full of blessings if we learn to love one another as you have first loved us. May these gifts we offer you today be a sign of our commitment to see beyond our narrow perspective as we learn. Yes, we want to learn to love one another with your all-embracing vision and love. In his name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you. Blessings. Mm -hmm. Not long ago, I heard uh, this question. When did the Methodist Church stop having making disciples of Christ as their main goal? Probably you heard this question also because it was said a few times from this pulpit. That was before you lie, all right? You know what I mean? As a church, we are doing and we will do many things. Activities, programs, events, open houses next week. But preaching the gospel and making disciples should always be at the center of our ministry, at the center of our minds, at the center of our hearts. Because sharing the gospel is at the center of God's heart. If you are able, please stand to receive the benediction. If you need a prayer after the benediction, you can come and we will pray for you. But as we are searching to find our rhythm uh, in the ways we do ministry, may the peace of God, the love of the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, be with you, with your family, today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. And let the people of God say... Amen.